Hey, my friends, welcome to Tea Talk with Ty, the podcast that encourages you to take a sip and chat about life, wellness, love, and everything else in between. <laughs> I'm your host and new BFF, Ty Wonder, and I'm cheering you on to greatness. So grab a cup of coffee, tea, or whatever you prefer to sip on, get cozy, and let's chat. Well, hello, and on today's Tea Talk with Ty, today we have Leah. Welcome, Leah. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. So, Leah, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, where you live currently, or kind of roundabout where you live currently, and tell us your ethnicity. Okay, um, well, I am a Korean adoptee. So I grew up in the Midwest with a completely white family, a German, Swedish, uh, just all European mix. Um, I lived in Nebraska for most of my life until I joined the Navy. Then I saw other parts of the country, other parts of the world. Um, and I currently live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, wow. All right. So um, with everything going on right now, tell us... How how it's making you feel? What's your reaction to it? I am filled with anxiety. Like every day is just exhausting. Um, whether it's social media or just going outside and seeing it live in the real world. Um, I do have a teenage daughter and she's half black, half Korean. So it's it's been very eye-opening to me, um, the things going on right now. And from my perspective, you know, growing up, I felt like I was very sheltered. Um, I didn't think I experienced racism until I got older and looked back on it. And then it was just microaggressions. You know, being Asian in America is a lot different than being black in America. And so, of course, my experiences are so different. Um, there's that generational difference. Um, mm. And then, you know, my daughter, when she gets seen by strangers, they look at her and they see a black person. And so that's mm. just something that's been hard for me to relate to. But um, with everything that's going on recently, I've tried to have talks with my daughter about, you know, the, the climate out there and mm. um, get her get her feelings you know she told me last week a friend of hers and her friend was also mixed black and asian but her friend looks a lot more black than, than my daughter does they were walking mm -hmm. home from buffalo wild wings like they went picked up some dinner we're walking back uh back home it's like a mile mile and a half and she mm -hmm. said that when she heard heard something behind she turned and she saw a police car was driving behind them and she felt scared mm -hmm. and that was just so heartbreaking for me to hear that that my daughter's not comfortable in her skin and just comfortable going out in public right now. Um, so we've been having a lot of talks about that. Um, just right now, it's just a lot of uh, anxiety. It's <laughs> yeah, understandable. Wow, is that the first time you had heard your daughter say something similar to that, that she was fearful of the police or...? Yeah, it was. And I mean, we've we've talked about other incidents in the past it's it's funny well it's not funny it's um 
because of her age, like she's 14 now. So when this incident happened, I'm I'm trying to guess. I think she was like seven or eight. But mm -hmm. her and her friend have been talking about things and researching things. And she was like, Mom, did you know that a boy was shot because he was carrying Skittles? And she was talking about Trayvon Martin. But, you know, she was so young when that happened um, mm -hmm. that she didn't really remember it. And so we've just been talking about all these cases. And, I mean, it's men, it's women, it's adults, it's children. So, um, so even though in the past, you know, we've talked about, uh, how do I say, like, like how her actions can be perceived, you know, and we, we watched that movie, The Hate You Give, you know, and like, mm -hmm. so she, she knows that these things exist, but that was the first time she told me that she felt it, that like, it was on her, and then she came and shared it with me. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. But I'm, I'm, it's, it's a blessing that she's sharing those things with you. Yeah. Um, what's your, what's your biggest fear right now with everything going on? Oh man, it's um, it's just that, like, it could happen to my family. And I think that's probably the fear of every black person in America. Like, you just don't know when it's going to be you or someone in your family. And like I said, growing up for the first, you know, quarter century of my life, I never thought about being black in America. That wasn't something that I had to deal with. Um, so, so having a mixed child definitely made it personal to me. But right. um, I think with how much exposure... Um, the recent events have gotten, the protests all over, not just the U.S., but the world. Like, mm -hmm. everybody, everybody should be talking about it right now. It doesn't matter if it's personal to you, if you have, if you're Black or have a Black family member, like, everybody should be talking about this right now. Right. It's so true. It's a, it's a, it's a human issue that affects us all. It's not a Black issue or a white issue or anything else. It's a human issue. Mm -hmm. I wish more people understood that. Yeah. Um, especially being a veteran, I'm curious to know your original thoughts on uh, Kaepernick's protest, um, what your original thoughts were, and then if your opinion has changed since everything has become so public. Mm -hmm. um, no, I have always had the same opinion that I have now. Um at the time that he was uh, playing football and did his peaceful protest, um, my ex and I were together, and he is a 49ers fan. He's from San Francisco. I adopted that team, so they were they they were our team. Um, mm -hmm. So when he did that, um, I had no problem with it at all from the beginning. Um, you know, and I I completely understood the message behind it, the purpose. Um, and actually, I don't know if it was the same year. I think it was the same year that he had um, been doing that. No, it was probably the following year. Um, Cause I'm not sure if he was still on the team. We went to a, a, a game. Um, we, we've been to a few games, but I can specifically remember we went down to Phoenix and we watched the Niners at the Arizona Cardinals. And, mm -hmm. um, my boyfriend at the time, we were, it was the two of us, um, one of his friends and his girlfriend. So the four of us went down there. We're in our Niners gear. 
And I, I'm glad he gave me the heads up. But he let me know that him and his friend were going to sit during the national anthem. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's fine. You know, I'm always going to stand. I feel like after 10 years in the Navy, that's just ingrained in me. Um, right. I'll always stand for the national anthem. But I don't equate the national anthem and our flag to the military. To, mm-hmm. you know, like for, for people to say he was disrespecting the military. Like, why? When I was in Iraq, I wasn't fighting for the American flag. I was fighting for freedom. Like, we were Mm. trying to help out the local people there and promote freedom. But we can't even have freedom here in the United States. Like, that's just, uh, it makes my head explode sometimes thinking about that. (laughs) Right. Oh, I, I never thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. I didn't actually have those specific words until... Um, maybe a week ago on Facebook, mm-hmm. someone pro- uh, someone posted, you know, the side by side of Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem, and then the mm-hmm. recent event in Minnesota, and right. was like, "This is why." This and is of course, why, yes. some of the comments. Um, I usually am really good about holding back on social media. I don't like mm-hmm. to comment, especially to strangers, because it just mm-hmm. goes back and forth, and nobody nobody takes away from each other's message at all. Um, it's just, right. you know, you say what you got to say and then that's it. So um, this person said something about how it was so disrespectful and I did have to jump in. And as I was typing out the words, like that's when it hit me, like, well, when we're overseas, we're not fighting for the American flag. Like we're fighting for, for, for the idea of freedom. And then right. you have millions of people living here in America who don't feel free, who don't have the same freedoms to move about and live their lives the way other Americans have. And that's just not right. Right, right. Wow, I love it. Um, it put me in deep thought. I had a question I wanted to ask, but I'm still processing <laughs> that one. Because <laughs> I never thought about it that way as a veteran, but it is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Is your, is your daughter fearful for the, the current climate? Because I know being in Vegas, the protesting has, is a little uh, a hotter climate, right? Or the first up? couple of days were smooth sailing. Like, it was one on the strip. They just went from the Welcome to Las Vegas sign down to a, a police station, peaceful. I heard no incidents that happened. Um, then mm-hmm. they moved, then they started protesting downtown. I want to say maybe the first night, no incidents, um, or or they happened late in the evening um, because my ex and his friend were down there. But they left before um, any looting occurred. And I I don't want to like minimize it, but like I think it was just like one business, a small handful of people. But um, Saturday, I believe it was, gosh, you know. <laughs> Being laid off in quarantine, I lose track of days. Um, <laughs> it it might have been Saturday. It might have been Tuesday. I don't know. Recently, um, the protest, I believe, moved back to the Strip because I heard a Las Vegas Metro police officer was shot um, in front of Circus Circus. Um, mm, and, Jesus. I mean, so that probably elevated things here a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Back in my home state of Nebraska, there was an incident in Omaha that that is just 
uh, beyond comprehension to me. Again, like it makes my head explode where a um, where law enforcement told business owners in the old market, you know, not to interact with the protesters, not to defend their buildings. They have insurance for these type of things. You know, it's not worth um, adding to, you know, the excitement that leads to the violence and things that, that happen. Um, but a business owner shot and killed a young unarmed protester and there have still been no charges. The The DA ruled it self-defense. So oh, wow. uh, I'm sure that that got really hot in Omaha. <laughs> um, so it's like even like here in my home state, it's just, it's everywhere, man. It's tiring. <laughs> it, it is. Um, it, it feels really necessary these days to pull away from social media. You know, like I, I was always a hit and miss because, you know, social media can be such a time suck. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I love connecting with people and, and keeping um, abreast of what's happening. But lately, I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm not going to go on or I'll go on for a very specific purpose and get off because otherwise it can get really, really heavy, you know? Um, I'm glad I'm seeing more pictures and videos of peaceful protesting Mm -hmm. um, and not just, you know, hearing all of the bad horror stories too. Man, you learn a lot about uh, people though, because I know Facebook is such a huge platform. Mm -hmm. I I have friends that might just be acquaintances, uh, friends of friends. They're they're not mm-hmm. truly my friends that I sit down and have conversations with um, right. regularly. So so being on Facebook, it really gives you insight to how some people are. I've had to snooze a lot of people, <laughs> just right. hide, hide their posts for a while. But I have been I have been pleasantly surprised um, how supportive and open minded uh, my network um, my network of people is. So that so that's comforting. Right, right. It really is. It's, you know, social media right now is an interesting thing because I'm learning a lot about some some people um, with either their silence, complete silence, like radio silence um, or the the things that they say that it it raises eyebrows like, wait, that sounds racist. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's um, it's like it's it's a good and bad thing because you want to know who's thinking about you know certain things a certain way. You know, like I saw a post, um, a business owner, and I I'm, I can't remember where off the top of my head, but she was like, okay. Um, the blacks, y'all need to get out and stop protesting and get a job and go back to the ghetto. And it's like, whoa, you sure that's what you want to say? Yeah, yeah. People forget <laughs> how public and permanent Right. And I think a lot of people don't understand um, the protesting. And of course, I'm not at all saying that the looting and rioting are okay. Um, but the, the protesting is a, is a whole nother ball game. You know, I wish people understood that there's 
a complete difference between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we fought for them to have the right to protest, you know, and it's like, okay, if you want to, if you want to go out and have your voice heard and, and chant peacefully, by all means, that's what we serve for. You know, it's everything else that's a bigger issue with the, the looting and the rioting. Um, has your daughter expressed interest in um, protesting or figuring out how to make sure her voice is heard yet? Um, she hasn't actually initiated any of those conversations with me, but I have been very specific to tell her <laughs> that she can't go to a protest simply because. Um, <laughs> You know, we're just, we're, we're on the heels of COVID-19. I don't feel completely right. safe letting her in crowded public spaces yet um, for fear of that. Um, and then, right. yeah, a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of these protests do um, get excited and I just don't want her in that, in that position. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of deterred her. Um, in 2017, though, I did take her downtown uh, for the Women's March. Um, we did do that one together. Very cool. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Um, I think that might be all of my questions for you. Do you have any more statements you'd like to make or anything else you'd like to say about how everything is making you feel in this time? Um, well, again, it's just, it's really comforting to me to know that there are so many good people out there in the world. And um, I read a post written by one of my former classmates um, at the University of Nebraska, and uh, she shared an experience, um, like a conversation that her and a Nigerian uh, immigrant had, um, Mm -hmm. where this woman confided in her that they were experiencing, you know, racism in Lincoln, Nebraska. And and my friend um, shared in her post that, you know, at the time, instead of apologizing for it and asking her questions about it, she kind of like denied that it could be happening. Like what here? No way. Um, And so she regrets that. And she has reached out to that person, um, you know, now. And I think that's great. Um, My, my ex and I were just talking the other day um, that it seems they're, is maybe a certain demographic or a certain group of people that has been very open um, to learning more and to recognizing the mistakes that they've made. But unfortunately, that group might not be the ones that, um, you know, have the, how do I say, like the highest power in this country to make a difference. So that's kind of disheartening at the same time. I don't know. It's just, um, you know, like I said, I'm laid off, so I'm at home and I'm I'm watching, uh, I'm binge watching series, and um, I just started watching this uh, murder by, uh, no, 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 sorry, trial by media on Netflix, and one of the the, the second or third episode was about, um, well, I don't even want to try to say his name out of off memory because I'll mess it up, but um, it was in New York City and. 99 and he was uh, shot by four police 41 times uh, and then all four police were acquitted and my ex knew his name he was like yeah so and so he was like you know uh, I've been a black man in America for 38 years like I know all of these cases and I'm just like wow like that's something 
myself at 17, 18 years old would have never thought about. Um, right. and had to had to live with that I, that knowledge, you know, uh, for the next 20 years of my life, like to, to know that these things have been happening for decades. I mean, just, uh, it's like, I don't know if we, if we ever made progress since the 60s mm-hmm. or if we made progress and we're going backwards. I don't know what it is, but it's just right. exhausting. It's tiring. Yeah, I said that exact same thing. It feels like, you know, we're back in that same space. Um, I don't know if you remember, NBC had a miniseries called The 60s. Do you remember that one? Back in the, the late 90s, maybe? Um, uh, Julia Stiles and Jordana Brewster in it before they were super duper huge. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, that's about accurate. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I'm a bit of a, a history nerd, so it was one of my favorite movies. Um, toward the end of high school and and still to this day I can quote the movie more than I would um, like to admit (laughs) but um, you know the 60s was a turbulent time with so much going on and people protesting for everything they weren't just protesting for equal rights but they were protesting you know the war and protesting women's rights Mm -hmm. and it was just a lot going on where people were using their voice but um i the other day as i was looking at different pictures and videos of different protests and things going on it made me think about a part in the video where um in the movie where when during the chicago riots back in the 60s they started chanting the whole world is watching and, you know, there, there was no social media back then, but one of the major news channels, um, ABC or one of those older ones, um, was there. So it was caught on TV live and you can hear them say the whole world is watching. The whole world is watching. And it made me, you know, it made me think looking at these pictures and videos of people from from London and um all of these different countries i can't remember the names of everywhere i saw where they were protesting you know over george floyd and it's like they they're not even here and racism is different in other countries Mm, than it is like it exists but it's different it's not nearly it's not nearly as devastating as it is here you know and it was just like oh my god the whole world is watching you know, and what we, how we handle this right now, how we come together with this right now, you know, if we fall apart, the whole world is watching. If we get it right and we come together, the whole world is watching. Mm-hmm. But, you know, either way, it was just, you know, it, it's taken my breath away that we, it's like we're back in the freaking 60s it is um yeah even even my mom had mentioned a couple years ago that it it was like it was becoming like it was when she was growing up and Mm. for her to say something like that that really caught me off guard Mm. because she's a a pretty conservative or she was a pretty conservative person (laughs) right i understand what you're saying um i had interviewed another lady earlier who um, was born in 65 
And she was saying it just, it seems really familiar, mm-hmm. you know, the, the current climate of the nation, like it feels really familiar. And that is something to say, you know, 50 years wasn't that long ago. It's been, you know, in our parents' lifetime and we're experiencing it again. And they're, in most cases, their grandchildren are now experiencing what they went through in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, why is history repeating itself? Yeah. You know, so soon, you know, it's, it's mind blowing. It's very mind blowing. My mom was born in 1950 and she was the youngest of five. So, um, so my mom's siblings ranged, you know, from 1940 to her birth in 1950. So she remembers when, she remembers when, like, the Little Rock Nine went to school um, yeah. and, and what a big deal it was because she was in grade school at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so she remembers, you know, it, she remembered all that stuff and she would talk to me about it, you know, a little bit. So, yeah. Wow. For her to say it was it was becoming like it was when she was younger, I was like, man, that's serious. Wait, that's, right. that says a lot, you know, without... Without going into details, it says so much. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is insane. Um, I think I, I did ask you, what did you have any fears regarding um, the current situation? Um, did I not? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I just said, you know, just it, it's that personal connection. Like, it could be my family. It could be my daughter. Right. Um, and then her her dad is uh is married and she has a little brother and you know so oh, wow. you know she worries about him when he grows up. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a hard one. That is such a hard one to know that these babies are worrying about you know the future already mm-hmm. they shouldn't have to. They should be able to be kids. Yeah. And Unfortunately, this is what's going on in the world right now. But hopefully, you know, having conversations like this, you know, if more people could do it, if more people would listen and try to understand each other, you know, my hope is that we'll start to start to come around it, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I think um, not like news media, but like Hollywood media. I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, um, is there, uh, my daughter and I will watch a lot of different types of movies together. Like I mentioned, we, we watched The Hate You Give together, um, just movies that, that talk about this situation. Mm-hmm. So that way it gets introduced through a different form and then, and then we can have a talk about it later. So it's not like I'm just bringing right. it up out of nowhere. Um, right. so there's so many, uh, you know, good documentaries out there that have, um, you know, good uh, content to them. So hopefully, people out there are are paying attention to those lists of books and movies and things, so that way you can become more informed. I see that on Facebook quite a bit, like what you can read and watch and whatnot. Right. Yeah, I saw one of those posts today, and I was like, "Well, that's a good idea." Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lady I just interviewed about an hour before you. Um, you know, she was trying to figure out like what to 
what to read, what to watch, so you know, educate herself. And I asked her, has she ever watched Roots? And she said, no. Have you watched Roots before? I have not, no. I'll have to put that on my list. Yeah, Roots, um, I explained to her, I think it's a, it's a good way to understand um, the deep-rooted pain that that you know that our community is going through right now because you know it, it almost makes you think wow we never had a fair shot mm -hmm. yeah. you know because you you are literally watching um africans tricked and brought here like you can see um you can see the desperation in their eyes and their faces, you know, and the hopelessness they have um, when they're they're taken and brought to America and they're just stripped of everything. Um, and um, I feel like it's on both sides, the the deep pain in the, the chocolate community and, and then the racism against it, I feel like they're they're deep rooted in history from then on because you're going to have generations of um, people who their great, 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 great grandparents were slave owners and, you know, gung ho, anti everything mm -hmm. that doesn't agree with them, I guess. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like it's it goes deeper, and that's why these these things continue to happen. But yeah, Roots, Roots, and the Roots Next Generation—they're both they're older movies. They're all very long, but they're based on um, true stories um, of of Alex Haley. He researched for over a decade, tracing his family back to Africa. So um, Roots shows his great 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 grandfather I believe it was or maybe one more grandfather somewhere <laughs> in there um, traces him from um, his community in Africa all the way over to America and uh, going up to the next generation it goes all the way up to his current um, his current status so it's it's a really good one to watch. Yeah. Um, what did your daughter think about the hate you give? Um. Well, let's see. I think we watched it maybe a year ago. Um, I'm not sure if she had the same reaction when we watched it that she would have now that she's a little bit older that she has heard and seen a lot more of these cases in real life happening, not just a fictional story. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, she was, she's upset, you know, like, oh, he was just reaching for his comb or whatever he was doing in the movie. Um, and, and I think she understands that, I think she understood at the time that like black boys had certain things taught to them, how to act how they needed to be perceived as they got older. I don't think that she ever related it to herself as much until, you know, now, granted there's far fewer female victims, but you know, um, 
you know, it's happening to to girls too. It's not just like a, a threat from a, a black male, you know, it's like, you know, your skin is too dark. And so that's why we don't like you. I think she's starting to understand that a little more now. Right. Right. I just, I'm so nervous about our kids' generation. I just hope that, um, I hope that we get it right for them. Because I hate that they have to see and go through things the way they do still in 2020. Man, our kids are going through so much more than we did. Like, you know, like I said, I think I had probably some of those microaggression, racist, you know, uh, discrimination towards me when I was a kid right but, but it's but what she experiences is so different than what I experienced and then you know just like you know sometimes she's afraid to go to school because oh on whatever TikTok, snapchat they're saying that you know my school is gonna have a mass shooting today so then she gets scared to go to school it's like these kids are dealing with so much all the time they are so heartbreaking it is so heartbreaking. I do have one other question I just thought about. Mm -hmm. How do you understand, not at all insulting your intelligence, just, just asking, mm -hmm. do you understand why there is the hashtag Black Lives Matter platform movement? Or does that just still seem unnecessary to you? Um, that's a good question. I don't know if I... Um, maybe understand the original intended purpose by the creators of it. Um, mm -hmm. The way that I understand it is, and I see a lot of good examples, like real plain talk, trying to explain mm -hmm. this to folks on social media. It's like, no, we're not saying that all lives don't matter, but, but until black lives matter, like all lives can't matter because there's this disproportionate, unnecessary, like, uh, Oh, I can't even think of all the words I want to use, but um, I mean, it's just—it's just like you said. We're, it's just humanity. It's just being equal people, and until right. until everyone sees that Black Lives Matter just as much as other lives matter, then then mm -hmm. all your other hashtags don't even really mean anything. Um, I've seen a lot of conversations on Facebook. That's that's the only social media I use is Facebook. Um, okay. I've seen a lot on there where someone will say, oh, all lives matter or this, that. And then I'll see my friends' responses to them trying to explain, well, no, this is why. Oh, what I said about the whole plane talk thing is, you know, I read one mm -hmm. that said, um, if your house is burning down and the firemen come, You'll, you'll get upset if they're like, well, all houses matter. Yeah, all the houses matter, but my house is the one on fire. Like, my house right. needs your attention right now because it's on fire, not all the houses. Mm -hmm. um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just just curious. Like, I'm, oh. I'm seeing more that people don't... Some people haven't understood that. I mean, I, I knew when it first came out, there were a lot of people who didn't understand. And I, you know, to be completely honest, I didn't, I didn't, I'm so big on diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to use the hashtag. I'll say it that way because I didn't understand 
the intent behind it. But, you know, it's basically what you said, like, until all lives matter, you know, we have to say that Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. You know, um, yeah. just right now you say in diversity and inclusion, and I'm not insulting your intelligence at all, but um, either, I just want to know, like, what do you think are the definitions of diversity and inclusion? Because up until, like, two years ago, when I was going through some corporate training, um, mm-hmm. I really, like, thought I understood what it meant, but the way that they explained it was, like, so clear to me. It, like, hit me so hard. So I just want to ask you first, like, how would you describe diversity okay. and how would you describe inclusion? Diversity, and I think uh, by diversity, I the best way I can explain it is how I, I don't necessarily like to call races um, colors because I, I just think it's ignorant um, for me um, to each his own. But I like to call people flavors because... Mm-hmm. You know, we're all yummy. We just have different flavors and some flavors you like and, you know, some are not your preference. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't mean any flavor is better than any other. Just, you know, hey, to each his own when it comes to flavors. So um, when I think of diversity, I think of like, you know, if you go into an ice cream shop, there's, you know, at least 30 different type of flavors Mm -hmm. in there. There's a there's a, a range of things to choose from you know all are equal just different um when i think of inclusion i think of um using the root word include you know everyone is included everyone is um valuable their input all goes in that same that same box Mm -hmm. um basically yeah. yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. good. Like, I had always I, thought I of always diversity, thought. like, for a long time, I'd known, I thought I knew what diversity was. And, like you said, it's just having a range of, you know, races, religion, mm-hmm. uh, orientation, socioeconomic status, like, all of it. Everything is there. But then, when mm-hmm. they were explaining inclusion, like, just because you got invited to the party doesn't mean that. I'm asking you to sit at my table and have a conversation mm. with me and my friends, you know? So like diversity is making sure you have a list of everyone across a wide range of characteristics invited to the party, but inclusion is sitting down and talking to those individual people and bringing them into your circle and vice mm. versa, you going into their circles. I thought that was really good. That is really good. That is really good. That's one of those aha light bulb moments Mm -hmm. for sure, hearing it that way. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Um, One thing I did want to mention, I know we're going uh, a little long. Um, When we were talking about, you know, our children and the world that they're growing up in, you know, my daughter um, Mm -hmm. made a comment to me just the other day how she she thinks that her generation is going to, you know, be the one that changes things and... Mm-hmm. Gosh, I hope so. Like, <laughs> like you said, it's, it's hard to break that generational cycle if your family's been a certain way, your parents, grandparents. But hopefully, with social media and people having access to other people's thoughts and ideas, you know, the next generation can do better. Right, right. I, I would hope so. Each generation should be improving, and you know, I think we were, you know, when you said in the beginning, you're not sure if we move forward and you know, backtracked or if we just never went forward to begin with. But um, 
it's it it feels like it feels like we have but then we just backtracked you know yeah like you, you would think um i know personally when i was growing up you know they told you there there's never there will never be a black president like it's not going to happen you can't be president don't even think about it think about something else you can't do mm-hmm. and to see one in my lifetime was like oh wow we're getting somewhere like they're starting to see us as equal people you know where we can do we can all do the same thing because it was kind of the message they were saying back then is you know we were not smart enough to to hold that much power to have that position in office and you think we're going so you know we're we're progressing as a nation and then you have situations like this that continue to occur you you know it's hard to say but i i i feel like at least people are more open than i've ever seen it to figure it out mm-hmm. i'll put it yeah it's a it's terrible that something has to happen for a conversation Mm -hmm. to get sparked but I I hope that people keep talking about things and how to how to get better right right um I I think it's it's so uncomfortable at this point you cannot not talk about it Yeah. yeah you know one way or the other whether it's you know, you come out and say something really negative or you're trying to, you know, figure out how to make a difference in the conversation, you know, because it's uncomfortable for everybody, mm-hmm. not just um, not just one race. Um, and I think that's what makes a difference, because before it, it's one of those things, if no one. um if you haven't been around someone that was affected, then there are certain things that you're just, you're ignorant to, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not a bad thing. You know, you just don't know. But once you know better, you should do better. So now that it's out here in the forefront and everybody can see it and it's, you know, it's, I think with the, the George Floyd situation, it made, it made, the situation more human because you can't understand it from a from a human standpoint mm-hmm. you know regardless of what race you are um i think i think it made it relatable to everybody and that's why we're so uncomfortable yeah you know because you you see um you know with that situation that just dogs have better treatment than that you know yeah Yes, it's really sad and terrifying to see that. Did you see today that um, the officer's charge was upgraded to second degree murder and the other three officers were all arrested now? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I um, I always feel conflicted when people are, are like, you know, are charged with crimes even, you know, just because it's like, dang, you know, why did you even have to do that? But, um, it, it, it gave me a sigh of relief Mm -hmm. because usually we don't get that far. But then again, there's been plenty of times where things like this have happened and the officers get off, you know, with the original, I can't breathe movement with, um, Oh God, why is his name escaping me right now? 
um, I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. But um, I believe all of those officers were acquitted. Was you it know? Eric Garner? Um, was he it, the first one? There we go. Eric okay. Gardner. Yeah. Eric Gardner. I don't know why I could not remember that name. Um, but, you know, I want to say they were all acquitted. Um, I, I cannot remember. I think with the, the Rodney King situation, I want to say he lost the he lost the um, the the case against them like they weren't charged they were charged but acquitted but he had to go back and sue them is what I want to say but yeah. I you know I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head um, I need to go look it up but we typically haven't had any any charges stick to anyone with police brutality or you know this type of hate crime yeah, so yeah i mean honestly I think the only one i can think of is is that uh woman that female officer that like thought she walked into her apartment but it was somebody else's apartment and then shot him i feel like that's the only one i could think of that actually like had a charge that was guilty because like philando mm -hmm. castile also in minnesota yeah, yeah, I know yeah, he yeah. was acquitted like normally mm -hmm. they 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 are just Right, right. Yeah, that was the only one. And we were, you know, I remember being shocked. Like, they actually found her guilty. Yeah. You know, because you, you were just, you know, we're just so accustomed to things happening and there's no justice for it. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking because it's not like, it's not, not that it would make it right if you're a, a criminal to be, to be dehumanized and killed, but you know he was one he was in his own home out of his own business mm -hmm. you know there's another one Bri Breonna Taylor right now um, I don't know if you heard about her she was in her own home sleep mm -hmm. they went into the police went into the wrong yeah. um, house to serve a warrant and she was shot and killed and you know it's just like we're so used to nothing happening and that's what really sparked off the Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. um, campaign because if it would have been reversed, you know, if it would have been a chocolate person that stormed into somebody's house and killed vanilla people, it would be outrage. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it would be outrage. And then even on the reverse of that, looking at... Um, Dylan Roof, who shot up the church in South Carolina. They took so much care of him. You know, he had a bulletproof vest on, you know, before he went to court. You know, they, they fed him Burger King before mm -hmm. he went to prison. Um, and so it was almost like, darn, it, it, you know, did it even matter what he did? Yeah. You know? I, I mean... Since you brought up um, a vanilla person, <laughs> like uh, like even to contrast, <laughs> even to contrast, like super recent events with each other, you have these people upset about the stay-at-home orders and the quarantine and open up businesses and what do they do? Right. They show up fully armed, you know, protesting. Right. And nothing happens. Right. Listen. If I show up to a courthouse <laughs> armed like that, I'm not going to make it out alive. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, 
it 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 was you know it was one of those things i remember looking at those pictures and i remember i remember rolling my eyes a bit like oh my god it must be nice yeah. because you know um <laughs> you can't even be you can't even be armed and go anywhere near police and not get killed like um gosh i can see his uh Philando Castillo, was that him? Yeah. When that was shot in the car, he mm-hmm. was trying to tell the officer, hey, I have a weapon, you know, I just need to, you know, I'm, I'm pull it out, but, you know, here's a registered gun opener. And they shot him anyway. Yeah. You know, it, it was, it's just like, I would, you know, I would never, that's why I'm, I'm not, I don't ever carry in my car for that reason. Like, no, I, I don't, the, the, the thought that we are so unequal. Matter of fact, I, I I need to go back and find it. I saw a video. I kid you not. It was an older vanilla lady. She might have been in her her 50s, maybe older. And the police pulled her over because she had expired tags. Her tags were like expired by a year mm-hmm. or something like that. It was a long time. Like, you know, past a, past a slap on the wrist. You need a ticket. You know better type situation. And um, she was like, I don't want the ticket. I'm not taking it. <laughs> and she's, I'm watching this with my mouth wide open. She's like, you know, she's cursing at the cop. I don't want the ticket. I'm not taking it. I shouldn't get a ticket. You know, I could just go take care of it and pay the fee. You know, I, I shouldn't get a ticket. This lady pulls off now. Instead of taking the ticket, she pulls off. Um, when the police stopped her again, and he got out the car, pulled out his taser, and he's telling her to get out the car. Because now, you know, you're evading police. Now you got a felony charge. So he's telling her to get out the car. And she's like, no, I'm not getting out the car. I'm going home. Wow. <laughs> and like, wow. at this point, like, I don't know. You know, you have those moments where you don't know if you want to cry or laugh at the situation right now. And he finally gets the door open. He's wrestling with her, trying to make sure she doesn't pull off. And then he tases her. And so she falls to the ground. And she's now she's dramatic. Oh, my God, it hurts. Why did you tase me? And I'm just looking at this shock and disbelief. Like, are you serious right now? Um, <laughs> you know, and I just thought, like, we could never. I could never. I if, if if I get pulled over, it's yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be as cooperative as possible. You know, hands on the steering wheel. Yeah. I dare yeah. not tell yeah. an officer yeah. no. Like, what? Right. So, if and, I think in your mind, I'm just going to drive away. Right. Just drive away. Oh. Just drive. And it was like, if it was one of us, you know, we wouldn't have been here to talk about it. Right. Let's just be completely right. honest. You know, maybe, maybe not all cops would have went that far and we would have been fine, but it was just the fact that we, that's a huge risk. You know, we're not going to take that risk to not be here. Yeah, we don't even think of that as an option. Like, oh, you can do that? I didn't. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They have a different set of ideas in their head. Right, right. And, um. I was talking to one of the the other um, ladies I interviewed. We were talking about white privilege and how at first she didn't understand it. 
what it was and now that she understands it she's angry that she has it Mm -hmm. you know and I was explaining to her like yeah that's that's part of what the privilege is because we could never never you know think about she literally told the cop no I'm not taking this ticket I'm going home and pulls off I about fell out on the floor (laughs) yeah you know just just uh, just realizing how different the experience is depending on your skin tone here in America because that that could have not been a attractive person. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have gotten to take the pull the car off. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad, but true. But yeah, that I, I still can't believe it. I need to find it now. <laughs> it was it was comical. She's laying on the ground. Why did you tase me? You didn't have to tase me. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying, though. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any more thoughts that you would like to share about um, the current climate? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, not today. <laughs> we'll see what tomorrow <laughs> brings. <laughs> I think we're all taking it day by day at this point. Like, you know. How do you feel today? I feel okay today, but tomorrow might be completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Tea Talk with Ty today. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. And please stay safe out there and um, hug on your little lady for me. All right. And tell her to hug you back for me. (laughs) Thank you. You're very welcome. Until next time. Thanks for joining me this week on Tea Talk with Ty. I would love to connect with you. I am on all social media platforms at I am Ty Wonder and online at tywonder.guru. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave me a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week. started tea talk with a tie i was so nervous of how to make it all work but let me tell you about the program that made it so easy for me it was anchor if you haven't heard about anchor is absolutely the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain first of all it's free 99 you can't beat free 99 there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. Did I mention you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership? What? It's everything you need to make a podcast in absolutely one place. So take that leap, start that podcast, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.